Okay. So let's uh, each of us recall our own deepest purpose for being here and practicing in this retreat and just rest in that purpose. Okay, and uh, Matthew, are we are we recording? Thank you. So we did the compassion one meditation, uh, taking our own layers of suffering into compassion. But of course, we just began with one one distressing feeling, and the intent is that we, when we reach a point in our practice, you know, sustainable compassion, compassion training, uh, when we've engaged the other practices enough that support this one, then we could do this one a lot. And uh, by repeating it, uh, explore many, many different uh, kinds of difficult feelings that are broadly shared with others as part of our human condition. Um, like the ones on the, all the ones on the list and others that will come to you through practice, like fear of loss, uh, fears around severe illness, um, fears of dying, fear for loved ones, and on and on. So we become more and more familiar with our own kind of underlying what has been only maybe partly conscious layers of distressing feeling and suffering and struggle in us. And as we're becoming aware of it in the practice, it's making this deep connection of empathy, like feeling right through our feeling what what so many others feel. It's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing thing, actually, to, uh, to rediscover our own feelings as a bridge of empathy into what others are going through. It's really an amazing discovery. 
that's what this really, things like this really began to show me more. If you took this to the limit and really became stable in this, then you're looking at figures like the Dalai Lama or others of my teachers. It's like, whoa. Um, so when we come to a point where we're doing this practice uh, repeatedly, uh, then we're acquainting with more and more layers of our own suffering, which connect us with a real depth of empathy and compassion for others in their analogous hidden layers of suffering. And that really increasingly cuts through our superficial impressions and labels of others. So uh, let's go ahead and just repeat the meditation again to begin, you know, to show that maybe pick a different distressing feeling. You probably have a whole staple of distressing feelings, so you could pick one, another one. Uh, they're all equally lovable, but just pick one of the other ones. Uh, and then uh, we can take that right into the meditation. So, shall I just go through the list again, just as a kind of a reminder? They're, they're pretty good general kinds of feelings that I think we have. Bring to mind an anxiety you have about your body or your health. I don't know, maybe no one here has ever had any anxiety about their body or their health or severe illness. Uh, bring to mind any fear you have for a loved one in their vulnerability and mortality. Bring to mind any grief you feel at the loss of a job, a relationship, a way of life, another person, a community. Bring to mind any feeling you have of despair or hopelessness. Bring to mind any feeling of longing, loneliness, incompleteness, or addiction. Bring to mind grief that you feel at the loss of someone uh, who has died. Bring to mind uh, any fears you may feel at your own impending death. You can really feel how connecting these are. Can't you? Oh my gosh, this is what beings are going through. So can you pick a feeling for this meditation? Or it could be another one like that that's broadly shared among humans or beings. Does everyone have that? some feeling you can work with? Do I need to make you suffer more for, by talking too long to, to bring out a distressing feeling? Is that what you need from me? <laughs> um, importantly, does everyone also have a, a kind of field of care that you can bring to mind that's connecting for you, helps you access the loving qualities and begin to become a holding environment, a loving holding environment? for your feelings. If not, you can, again, I've, I've said this, you can take this as your field of care, this transmission happening now with this group, resonating, holding, holding everyone. You can take that as a field of care, if that's helpful, or as a further uh, empowering of your, the field of care you have chosen, okay? I think part of the power of this for some 
is that when I transmit it, there's a knowing that we are all held. We are all held in unconditional love and compassion and deep wisdom. There's a knowing of that in me. Of course, I could be deluded, but it's a, it feels like a very deep knowing. I know it, and therefore can bring that into the room. That we're, we're being held, actually. I know it. That's what it meant that others have awakened. That's what it means. To awaken is to hold. That's what awakening means. So we are held. Sorry, it's just how it is. Okay, so field of care, difficult feeling. So you have the, you have what you need. You have the ticket of entry to the meditation. Okay, we'll just sit in a relaxed way. Eyes can be open, gazing gently downward. And then we just come down from the thinking mind into the body, just feeling the body, the groundedness of it. Let the breath go into its own natural flow, breathing from the abdomen. Feeling the abdomen move with the breath. Just relaxing into it. And now you can bring to mind your field of care as present here with you now. Or it can be this very holding transmission and resonating here in this very group. This could be your field of care. You're being seen and held in deep care and compassion and acceptance and warmth beyond all superficial judgments. You are held in that now. And you just relax into the felt sense of that experience and just steep in its loving energies and qualities and let them infuse your whole being. every part of you loved in its very being.
now uh, continuing to feel this loving holding environment in the background of your experience. Now in the foreground, bring to mind the distressing feeling that you selected for this meditation. And just take a little time to sense <clears throat> what it's like for someone to experience that feeling through your own experience of it. So sensing how it feels in your heart and body and mind. And what other feelings may come up in association with that feeling. Just feeling through it, what it's like for someone to experience that. And if you have too much difficulty staying with the feeling, then just settle back into your field of care and let that feeling of difficulty with this just be embraced in those loving qualities. And just rest there as you need. And then if, if you feel ready again, then freshly recall this, the distressing feeling you chose for the meditation and sense further what it's like for someone to experience it. Now recall that many, many other people experience this sort of difficult feeling in their own ways. So now sense right through your feeling what others feel. Feel through your feeling what they feel. So you're now sensing this feeling as not just your own. But the feeling that many beings share. Feeling it with them. And now recall that your whole being is held in unconditional love and compassion from your field of care. And just let all of your feelings be embraced in this loving energy. Every part of you is loved in its very being. 
and by accepting this loving energy into your own suffering feelings, imagine that you're accepting it into everyone with similar feelings, accepting it with and for them all. by letting the radiance of this loving energy extend through you to them all. A radiance just radiating and radiating pervasively to them all through you of love and compassion while wishing them deeply well and free. Again, by accepting this loving energy into your own suffering feelings, imagine you're accepting it into everyone with similar feelings by letting the radiance of this energy extend through you to them all. And wishing them deeply well and free of suffering. And if you wish, you can even imagine that they are becoming free of the suffering and deeply well through this. And let yourself take joy in their relief and joy. And finally, releasing phase, you can let this radiant field of love and compassion just help your mind to relax deeply. Settle back a bit inwardly. And just release all of the mind's frameworks of uh, meditation or worry. And let the mind just become naturally wide open like space. And let whatever thoughts or feelings arise just metabolize themselves in this sky-like openness of awareness.
Okay, good. So you remember, I mentioned just a little earlier regarding the compassionate presence to feelings meditation, that if we repeatedly practice that, then the qualities of warmth and acceptance and openness that we bring to emotions in compassionate presence to feelings practice become part of the experience of of those emotions little by little. So we start, it starts to get imprinted so that the next time you experience that emotion, a little bit of uh, CPF is there. The qualities of CPF are also there. Compassion, presence, feelings. So with a lot of, it requires a lot of repetition for that to begin to happen. But with that, we begin to experience our emotions differently. So there's a similar point for this compassion meditation one. It's taking our own layers of suffering into uh, compassion. (laughs) Instead of the ways of the world, which is taking our own layers of suffering into cruelty. Inflicting suffering on others from our own inner layers of suffering. Anyhow, back to the point. So as we repeat this, this compassion meditation one more and more, the qualities of empathy and compassion for others that we associate with our own uh, difficult emotions become part of the experience of those difficult emotions. So with a lot of repetition of practice, what can begin to unfold is that even as we're experiencing difficult emotions, the quality of empathy and compassion for all those who experience such things is also there as part, increasingly as part of our experience of our own difficult emotions. That, that requires a lot of repetition of practice, but that can begin to emerge. And with, with much, much practice, ordinary difficulties of life themselves can even start spontaneously to generate empathy and compassion for others, even as you are experiencing those difficulties. So in this way, it involves a lot of repetition of practice, but this is the direction that it it goes in the experience of the tradition, actually. So Difficulties of life become resources of awakening. But not just by being engaged intellectually or figuring out other ways to, to control them and manage our feelings and difficulties and strategies of, of control and self-help. Not primarily that way, but in a much more deeply embodied way through the repetition of this practice.
as a grounded cognition. I think maybe that's a term I haven't used yet, but uh, it's a term that comes from psychology. So each of these practices of sustainable compassion training generates what's called a grounded cognition. So the field of care meditation, for example, is what we uh, started with. We're not just engaging the notion of the field of care, this sense that we're, we're already held in qualities of warmth and compassion unconditionally. Uh, we're not just thinking about it. We're not just believing in it. All that would only be cognitive. Um, instead, the, the practice sets up a, a, a kind of a frame in which multiple neural systems are all suddenly brought online together. Sensory, affective, uh, motor, cognitive, interoceptive, across the board. So it's like, uh, as one of my teaching partners, Paul Condon, often says he's a psychologist, social psychologist. Um, he likes to use the example of, of thinking of a hammer, but I prefer thinking of petting a dog uh, or petting a cat. Have any of you ever pet a dog or a cat? <laughs> so you know what that's like? So then if you think of that, as you think of that, all those neural systems are coming online. You know, petting the dog and the way that the dog is responding, and perhaps wagging or groaning, or the cat. That's bringing all our neural systems online. This is not just a way of thinking cognitively about something. So are the, the neural systems involved in, in the, the petting with the hand and the arm are all being activated subliminally. And the affective kinds of feelings that come with that are, are those neural systems are, are activating uh, and cognitive, related cognitive systems, um, sensory systems, the neural systems related to the physical sensations of it, and the smell of it, and the sound of it, are all activating. And interoceptive, the sensations from within the body, are all being activated. And so in the practices that we're doing, all those systems are being activated. And that's also true of this compassion, one meditation. All the systems are being activated all at once, together. So each of these practices, and now also this one, as grounded cognitions, uh, are profoundly transforming of really all dimensions of our being, not just new ways of thinking about or managing things from a cognitive point of view way beyond that. And that's actually how ritual works when, it, when it's properly working, when someone really understands it, it really understands how it works and is really offered up to it. Uh, it's a grounded cognition that's generated. And that's partly why ritual contemplative practices in, in the various uh, traditions over the centuries are so enormously uh, transformative. 
uh, I mean, when someone really knows how, how, it, how it's supposed to be, then it's a grounded cognition in a sense. Okay? So that, that gets imprinted as we repeat the practice more and more and across different kinds of difficult uh, feeling. And that becomes embedded more and more in our experience even of difficult emotions. So to even experience a difficult emotion is to also um, ex- begin to experience with it a sense of empathy or, and compassion for what we're going through here. And again, I just say this not because we all have to believe in this, but because it's such a profoundly enriching kind of worldview. And I keep bringing it up. The way this is understood in, in, in Tibetan Buddhist traditions is that those of us who take up this practice in a serious way is because we feel a real calling to it. I mean, I'm talking about that's their perspective. That's their worldview. I know it's not the worldview probably of most of us in this room. But that there was some kind of a very firm commitment made in the past that we don't remember that brought us back to it to continue to train these kinds of things. And... um, I find that kind of perspective very empowering, very kind of enriching. It can open up a sense that we're already familiar somehow with the key principles of this. I mean, for those who feel that way, and for those who feel like, well, this is really mine. Like, this isn't just some thing I'm learning from some alien source. This is mine. Like, almost like a recognition of it. Of coming back to it again. Their worldview holds all that. Whereas a typical modernist worldview here in the modern West can't really relate to any of that. Oh, it feels like you're taking it up again? It's almost like you're recognizing something you've already known and need to take up again. Well, that can be explained through these things. The firing of these kinds of neurons must be doing that to you. That's fine. But for me, it just is such a flattened out worldview compared to what's the worldviews of the very traditions of the very practices that we're taking up. So this is not to say that we all have to just believe in other people's worldview. At the same time, if I don't even mention how this has been understood in the cultures that these kinds of things are coming from, I feel that would be a travesty and further support the way that we in the West, in the modern West, just tend to take up things, ignore 90% of what's there, not even want to know about it, and therefore certainly can't be informed by it or inspired by it or even know much more about what it is we're taking up. Anyhow, just all that. So anyhow, having done this practice now a second time, uh, it could be a good moment to have some small groups with that. And uh, the prompts for small groups would be, um, again, what what is this practice showing you or raising up for you? And also any questions. So I think that's kind of a broad enough prompt what is the practice showing you or raising up for you? Uh, that that can 
become a kind of small group discussion. Is that okay? So again, we're doing small groups of four or five, however it breaks down. Um, and uh, we can do that for 20 minutes, I think. Is that okay? Groups of four or five, 20 minutes. So uh, you can spread out. There's also outside is nicer today. It's not quite so humid. Or inside, but spreading out if you like. And then uh, go for it. So 20 minutes from now, we'll come back. So that'll be quarter of five. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.